We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome back to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin. I'm joined by my co-host, Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? I'm good. How are you, Jack? I'm very good. Very good. It's an exciting time of year, isn't it? It is. I'm really keen for Origin. I guess um, it's always been, it's a bit of an in, extra interest when you've got lots of players playing in it. Um, it's kind of like an extended Penrith game almost because they're in such key positions. So it just makes it even more exciting. Yeah, I actually, um, I find it like even better when I see fans of other clubs saying that it's Penrith versus Queensland because I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I know it's true. I'm <laughs> not just looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Penrith goggles. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. Yeah, that's one way like it's, yeah, like we were saying last week, it's just such a compliment to how the club is yeah. going. And so, yeah, I'm very yeah. excited. Um I was thinking about this the other day. It is going to be the first winter state of origin game in Sydney since we won like on the buzzer in 2019. Oh, I was there. That's so crazy. So was I. Oh. Was that <laughs> the one we had? Yeah, I remember I had broken arms, so I was a bit off it. No, no. That was when I was a baby. That was 2015. Um, <laughs> that was when Moylan and Mensal went in it. And it was like, anyway. <laughs> but um, no, that one I I remember I had broken my arm very um, recently before that in Queenstown. It would have been like maybe one or two weeks. So it was still really painful because there was nothing you could do about it. You just have to wait for it to get better. Um, so I had these really great medica- like these um, good medication that I got from New Zealand because in New Zealand, they don't have the over-the-counter um, rules like they do here for medication. So you can get quite strong, kind of knocks you out a little bit, takes you to a happy place um, from New Zealand. So I, I remember I had those before the game to try and get me through it. So I kind of wasn't present, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it was, it was great. It was such a good game. So imagine if they had something similar tomorrow. Well, I actually, um, with that game, like the broken limbs thing, it actually reminds me, I bought my dad and I tickets to go to that game um, for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And he ended up mm-hmm. not being able to go because he, mm. He was, he, um, I mean, he's going to be very embarrassed when I tell this story, but it's funny. Um, he, w- <laughs> he was completely mm. sober, but fell down the stairs at the pub and broke mm. both his ankles. And, oh my gosh. And it was only like a week out from the game and I couldn't get his ticket changed to one because he had to be in a wheelchair for a few weeks. And yeah, I couldn't get yeah. his ticket changed to one that's in a like disabled spot. Yeah. Yeah. And so he ended up so not being able to go. Yeah, because he couldn't yeah, go that's... up the stairs. Oh, poor thing. That's awful. Um, yeah, but it, it was um, just really funny that he <laughs> fell and broke both yeah. his ankles. <laughs> well, my dad fell and broke both his wrists one day, so <laughs> maybe it's a dad thing. They just really think, knock out both in one go. I think it is. Um, <laughs> my, um, my former roommate actually is a bartender at that pub, and so, like, she's shown me the CCTV footage of it. And yeah, yeah um, like it's something that on I the surface, doesn't, yeah, on the surface, it doesn't sound very funny, but like because he was all right, it is very funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. We can laugh, we can laugh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe, um, yeah, hopefully, while it was funny, hopefully, there are no more broken limbs surrounding anyone to do with this show before the game. Um, but hopefully, a New South Wales win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, should we get into? We'll get into a proper preview later. Yeah, yeah. We got. We got a. Big Are we doing it now? Sorry. Let me. Um, yeah, yeah. I had it written for later, but do you want to do it now? Just because the game comes first. Yeah, may as well. Yeah, let's okay. do it now. Yep. Um, well, so there's been a bit of 
speculation about the game. A story's come out in the past couple of days about um, rumours that Stephen Crichton will, in fact, be starting. Um, I can yeah. only see that as a positive for New South Wales. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, actually, my little brother sent me something funny um, just before we started recording. It said, rumour has it, Critter will start in centre, but Freddie is respecting the area and letting Critter rep 1-4 on his back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I <laughs> saw that, actually. I think that was like an Instagram <laughs> comment, wasn't so, it? Yeah, like some stupid Instagram comment. So I was like, respect, Freddie. Um, yeah. But he needs to be, like, what a waste. I just, I just, it begs. I, I, I do like to kind of trust Freddie because, you know, he's been a very good coach for us, um, for New South Wales. And at the same time, he's been blessed with um, an era that has a lot of natural talent. So there is an element of how much of this is coming down to Freddie's coaching and how much of this is coming down to just having a bunch of crazy talented players, half of which play with each other every week. So, because then you can't, you kind of think back to round three, uh, game three last year when his selections were a little bit, how are you going? When he picked um, Whiten and Moses <laughs> um, and he lost to a team, a Queensland team that was not too bad. Um, so really not sure where he's going with this I was I, I didn't even think for a second it would happen I didn't think that he would actually play Stephen on the bench until it was announced I was like I didn't even think that was in the bloody playbook like what's the point in picking him so to that end instead of I would say I would think he would be playing in center because otherwise you'd think he would have picked like maybe Nico Hines as the bench utility um it just doesn't really make sense to have Clyde as the bench utility so I really hope he springs it on us tomorrow that it will be um, Stephen starting and Whiten can be on the bench. He can roam in case a half goes down. He can really play anywhere. So that would probably be best for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like, because, like, I agree. Surely they've got to make that switch because the reasons for picking Stephen Crichton on the bench, you would say, like, like in terms of his um, versatility across the back line, you could almost mm. argue that Jack Whiten's a better option for that spot anyway. And then Stephen is, Crichton's yeah. a better option as a center, given that yeah. he plays more at center. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was very interesting hearing um, Gus Gould's analysis of the, the New South Wales squad because he was analyzing it under the under the idea that it was just going to be one to 17 and that Stephen mm-hmm. Crichton was going to come off the bench. And he was saying that mm-hmm. um, he thinks if it's like that, then... Stephen Crichton will probably play very few minutes because yeah, I mean he will yeah yeah and like it, it's so strange because there's no point basically in picking him in that case because I get the I get the utility value of it but like Gus also pointed out in that point he said that well then you're gambling on there being no injury to the hooker because yeah. if Damian Cook goes down yeah either got to put Cam Murray or Jerome Luai in there and then move Whiten to one of those positions and bring Crichton on. And it's one where, yeah, like if you were picking on utility value, there's probably better options in the squad. Like, yeah, and Nico Hines. It really is. And that's what makes yeah. me think maybe there's something more to it. Yeah, I, I've got a feeling it's... um, Coaches are a bit funny like that when they try and play mind games, even though it becomes very obvious from the moment the team is named. It is. Well, like Ivan kind of does it too, like a little bit. Um, and I just think it's stupid <laughs> with respect to the coaches. Like just name your team. You're not going to, you know, I know that they're trying to like pull the wool over Queensland's eyes and have them playing different, you know, but I don't think Queensland's team changes. I don't think they care who's playing in centre. If you look at their team, it's quite simple. Do you know what I mean? Their back row is sorted. And I really don't think they care if it's white or crying. So I just think it's silly, um, but we'll see what happens tomorrow, I guess. He might not even be playing mind games. He might just be genuinely playing white in that centre. Um, which in that case, I don't know where his mind is. Um, yeah, that's batshit yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no more stepping on grass, Freddie. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, put some shoes on Freddie in that case. Um, yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, the, the Queensland team itself, I, I am shocked looking at it when you consider how bad Queensland looked last year and you look at this mm, team now, how good they are now, 
it's mm. it's a great team they've picked and it's a great team yeah and it's it's everything that like queensland great team queensland teams have been yeah you know yep. it's got they're like, in awesome form yeah forwards like ruben cotter and yep. tino fasul malawi who just like yeah are absolutely no nonsense and get through this incredible amount of work and they're yep. quite skillful players but they're not going to use it if they don't need to because yep. they have skillful halves and a skillful fullback and two of the best options at hooker that you can possibly pick. And then yep. these just electric outside backs who you cannot give a single inch to. And it's one way I don't know how many opportunities those backs will get in game one because it's in Sydney mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of with, games at a core stadium in the middle of the year if you go within 10 meters of the sideline you get dragged out because it's so wet and slippery but it's one for the series overall when you consider that the other two games are being played in perth and brisbane Mm -hmm. i i can see a couple of very high scoring games in that Mm, and i think it means that our forward pack in game one has to be up for it because that's where this game's going to be won. And yeah. like, I still, I know you predicted last week, we're going to lose the series. I still think we'll win the series, but mm. if we lose game one, the series is gone. Yeah. Cause it's like, we don't have any room for error. This is the game we have to win, which yeah. makes it even more perplexing um, that some of the choices that we've seen Freddie put in. Um, yeah. The other thing. Yeah. The other thing that's a bit, um, perplexing with Freddie's team is it's not clear as to whether or not he stuck with reward form or be loyal because he's kind of done that split down the mm. middle. So we've seen him um, not pick Adokar and Stavoyevich based on form, but then you've got Sims in there and you've also picked Brazil on the, in the 22 men squad, which certainly wouldn't be based on form. So that's a little perplexing as well. Um, but I don't think they're like I I completely backed the decision to drop Jake Jaboribich. It's just the, the game is unfortunately the game has progressed past him, the, the set of origin game, I think. Um he did the job a few years ago, but we're playing a bit more of a quick game these days. And I just don't think he can um I don't want to be mean, but I just don't think he's there um in comparison to the other players that'll be playing around, especially when you you have the the form of the players that'll be replacing him, it just is quite undeniable. The Josh Adokar one was a little bit more confusing because I do think that Adokar would easily step into the, the field tomorrow and play an absolute blinder. He has linked up really well with the players that were there last year. And I actually don't even think he's been playing badly at the dogs. That's what's the most confusing part about it. Um, I think he's been fine. I think at some points he's actually carried that team this year um, and he's doing the best with what he's got. So that's a little confusing. Tupo as well hasn't, to me, been like, banging the door down for selection like the roosters have been out of form this year i haven't really noticed him um so that's strange yeah it's interesting um when you look at the reasons given for picking those players it seems a bit contradictory like yeah i'd I'd understand if maybe they just said overall team form um and like maybe you want players who are currently in winning environments then i would understand picking absolutely no bulldogs players but if they they mentioned like personal form and like daniel tupo is a fantastic winger um and so like you you're not really like losing too much there but Mm. like i still think it was a bit yeah unnecessary to drop josh adokar from the team um, especially if you're using form as a marker, mm. like Brian's been great when he's played, but he missed like, but he's played weeks. like three games. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, and he's not like, he's good. Like he's done everything he needs to, but he's not, I don't think we've given him any points so far in, in our three, two ones. Like yeah, he hasn't no. been exploding, um, which, which we know is the, um, proper marker. of <laughs> The absolute mark for form. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, like because Josh had a car, like he's he's not been as good as he was at Melbourne, but that's because he's not playing for Melbourne. Like yeah. you can't expect him to be the exact same player 
And yeah. like, if you think he's playing poorly, just imagine how bad they'd be without him. Mm. Like, they would somehow be worse. I have no doubt about it at all. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, players like Sims and Frizzell, who haven't been playing terribly, but yeah. they're not the most in form in terms of back row candidates for New South Wales. And yeah. if you compare the way they've been playing compared to Josh Adokar, you'd say Adokar has been playing better. Yeah, and, you would. Yeah, and that's one where, like, I, yeah, I completely get and agree with what you were saying about the dropping of Trebojevic because I do think specifically Origin, but a large part NRL at the moment, doesn't really suit the way he plays because he came in as, like, a a back rower who was a, oh, sorry, a, yeah, a, a proper a lock who was a hard worker and could pass the ball. But it's the, it was in a really weird era for middle forwards where it was all about power. So yeah. I think we thought that he was much better with the ball than what he is. Yeah. And now you're seeing players like Cotter and Isaiah Yo and Cam Murray and like, you know, Cameron McInnes and the way that they, handle the ball and they, the way they move it along and you go oh that's that's the level and yeah jake seems i don't i i genuinely feel like he might just be too much of a nice guy to be a bash and barge yeah. front rower mm. mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to have that in him and i also disagree a bit with the way manly use him i feel like they play him yeah, for like too. far too many minutes and just yeah. want him to He's make not that happen. sort of ball player yeah and then so, like, it means that he's completely drained and he's not actually able to be effective with the ball. And yeah. it's like sometimes just use them for less minutes and they'll be better with it because he's not yeah. Payne Haas or Junior Paolo or James Fisher-Harris. He's more like a Moses Leoda in terms of his engine. And, like, just yeah. play him for less minutes and get better more out of him. And then, like, maybe you could see him return to New South Wales because he he's never exactly let us down. Yeah. But, like, you know, Gillard's been playing better. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it goes. Um, so. And I, I don't like RC. I really don't like RCG. Like, no, no, same. Yeah. Really don't like him. I don't love Madison, but fair, like, he's all right. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I actually I'm like, oh, like yeah, Madison. I don't, just because... I don't like the way he left the Tigers. I don't like that. <laughs> and I think that's kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. But at the same time, people grow. RCG, I think he's man's not growing. Anyway, <laughs> but saying that he he um deserved his he deserved his pitch. Yeah, both like of them it, did. It, oh yeah, they are both they are both smart picks. That's where you yeah. can see that Freddie isn't as clueless as some people make out. Because yeah. a few weeks ago, Madison probably wasn't in the frame. Yeah, but he's been amazing. He really has. He'll do a job. Yeah, easily, and I'm I'm excited for him because I actually don't mind him um, purely because of the reason that he's pissed off Tigers. Um, yeah. Because I saw the other day, like, someone still referred to him as Caddison, and I'm like, oh, that's funny that, like, they're still annoyed at him. And, like, because yeah, I'm like not I'm involved in. at all, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But then, like, you know, for similar reasons, yeah. Um, Although, I mean, we know a bit more about the RCG thing than we do about the Madison thing. Um, yeah. I really don't like, yeah, Campbell Gillard. Um, but that, yeah, but that being said, I hope he has a blinder. And, Me too, because it's for our state. And I, I, it's a weird one where I think him leaving Penrith and going to Parramatta has worked out for everyone equally. Because yeah, because he didn't want it. He was literally throwing games by not bothering to play properly with us. Yeah, and he's not doing that at Parramatta, so he's playing well. Parramatta gets benefit. We get benefit. Everyone's happy. Yeah, and like I, I found him to be very overrated towards the end of his time at Penrith. That was before oh, he, was he so even bad stopped that trying. Last year. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, and then, yeah, he stopped trying, and now he's worked out very well for Parramatta. So, like you know. Fair play to him, um, but you know he can still get in the bin. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, overall, I I still give us the edge for this game, but I think we'll definitely lose in Queensland, and so I'm just like I'm very nervous 
for game two. But that's not to worry about at the moment because who knows what teams we're going to have for game two because um, a bunch of players like Tupo and uh, Luai and Toto and Crichton might be out due to being on international duty. Yeah. So it'll be very, very interesting to see whether this team even looks anything like it does currently for game two. Exactly. Um, so what's happening there? Uh, yeah, so um, I know that Tonga is versing New Zealand that weekend because it's the weekend of the no NRL games. Mm. I'm not sure if Samoa's playing. Um, so is there talk that like Luai and To'o and and Polo and, and those sorts of players won't play Origin to play those international games? Uh, well, I've heard Freddie say he won't stand in the way of mm. players who, like, he won't hold it against them in the future for origin picks yeah. if they choose to represent their um, heritage. Um, yeah. And, I, yeah, I know for a fact that Tonga are playing, and I know that there are games on, that they're playing in Auckland, and I know for a fact that there are games on in Campbelltown that weekend. I'm just not sure who's playing. That's seems to be a pretty silly scheduling conflict. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I, if I they are to allow, I mean, if they are to allow you to play for your state and, and your country, because um, then it comes down to, I know that, I know it's like the concept is tier two nations. So it's like, like obviously Fish can't play Origin and because, he, you know, they're from a tier one, he's from a tier one nation. But yeah, this just like, this is not the way to promote the international game in my view. Um, like, because then you're thinking, well, obviously, like those sorts of players are then able to go and miss Origin to go play for their country. So why can't players from New Zealand play? Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't yep. kind of start to get into that kind of like role. So that's yep, there's, me. There's a there's a double header. Sorry, perplexing. Yeah. Samoa versus Cook Islands and Fiji versus Papua New Guinea. So that could also rule out players like Coruscant. And then on the Queensland side, someone like Xavier Coates might choose to represent Papua New Guinea. And yeah, I'd I think- be super interested to see what the decision between the players there. Um, yeah, because the thing with the thing with Origin is it is a series. Like it is once it feels like once you you know you've been picked for game one and you want to pick, you want to play game one, um, you'd almost feel like they'd rule themselves out for the series if they intended to do that. Um, mm-hmm. just in terms of complacency and making sure that the team's got that stride because you don't want to have too many disruptions in that team. Um, and, yeah, when you have, like, the best of three, it's difficult to, I guess... Well, I'm very intrigued at how this is going to play out. I have no idea. I didn't I didn't know that that was what was happening. Um, and, yeah, my initial thought is that's crazy, crazy scheduling. Um, yeah, well, I think, like, I... I'm a big international rugby league supporter and I think it's the way to grow the game because people outside of mm. Australia and New Zealand totally. um, don't know who what New South Wales and Queensland are. Um, yeah. And I, I think the world has changed since 1980 when they came up with this state of origin concept. And... Mm-hmm. Now we have a lot of players who fully are within their rights to want to play for their state, but then also Mm. represent their heritage nation. And I think we need to do something with the scheduling to allow both to happen. Yeah, because it's not fair. It's not fair to put these players in the position where they have to choose. Because you're going to have people from both sides, like they're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If they pick, if they play for pick New Zealand um, to play for their state, then they're going to be like, you don't care about international football. You don't care about your home country. Then if they play internationally, they're going to say, well, you're taking the piss out of the origin series. So that's a terrible position to put these players in. Especially when you look at the fact that either way, what happens at the moment, there's a loser out of it. Definitely. And I'm worried that it's going to be the international game, to be honest, because... Mm. There's the you get thirty thousand dollars to play a state of origin. Yeah. 
And well, I, I think it's reduced now slightly it's due 10. to COVID. I thought it was it's 10 per game, isn't it? Oh, it might be. 30 for the series. Be. Yeah, 30 yeah, over the series. 10 per game. Yeah, I think um, so. I think so. Whereas um, there's no collective bargaining agreement with international rugby league. So it's not quite the same yeah. because, I mean, a, a smaller nation can't afford to pay players the same amount that they can be no. paid for um, Australia. Yeah. And you look at, I mean, I believe Brian Toto has already mentioned the fact that he wants to play for Australia. So that might yeah. stop him from being. Take him out. Yeah. yeah. But if you look at New South Wales's backline, Tony Staggs, Tonga, Daniel Tupo, Tonga, Jerome Luai, Samoa, Stephen Crichton, Samoa, uh, Joseph Suwali, Samoa, I believe. Mm. And like that just leaves um, Brian Toto, Jack Whiten, and then maybe Nico Hines. And oh, and James Tedesco. Well, then the other issue is that these players go and play for international and then someone comes in and plays a blinder, they might never get that origin game jersey back yeah, again. That's 100%. how that's how it works in New South Wales. Do you know what I mean? Like someone comes in and the person's forgotten about look at your turbos, look at your other cards. So I am I'm gonna think about this all night. Because <laughs> I had no idea that this was happening. Um and I just am not looking forward to the takes that are going to come from this at all. Yeah, because yeah, well, that's the thing is we're gonna see some awful opinions given um we really are and like some real slack on the players when i really don't think it's remotely their fault yeah and i i reckon 100 percent we will see from certain organizations like some very casual racism with the disrespect absolutely towards yeah. a lot of these nations um yeah. which is just so wrong and like when you consider the fact that uh i believe it's 70 percent plus of the national rugby league's playing um, players are made up of the indigenous populations from Australia and New Zealand mm. and the Pacific mm. islands. Yeah. The, they and that's need, the best thing. That's the yeah, best part. <laughs> in fact, if anything, I kind of hope this does happen because it forces them to seriously look at mm. the way they do this. The way they, the international game players, especially. It's a, we can't forget as well, it's a World Cup year. Yeah. And if you know, Tonga and Samoa in particular get their act together, mm-hmm. they could realistically win the World Cup. And, like, all it takes is one off day from Australia. Yeah. And so it'll mean a lot to them to even be there and be in, you know, the window and in their coach's mindset. Like, mm-hmm. because... Like opening night of the World Cup is Samoa versus England. Yeah. And like I'm sure the whole rugby league world, aside from England themselves, are ready to see Jerome Luai absolutely tearing through the English team. But if he, yeah, yeah. if he chooses not to play for Samoa, they might just go Anthony Milford. Like it's a mess. That's a mess. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how this affects both international rugby league and state of origin, especially given game two is probably the must win game of the series. Like it, it'll be this, the game that really decides the series. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, so, well, I'm glad I've caused you some panic by highlighting that. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we move on, should we get uh, some We'll do a tip for game one each. Yeah. Um, okay. I reckon I really, like every part of me is saying Queensland's going to win this game tomorrow. Oh, but no. I don't want to be, I don't want to put that energy out there. <laughs> um, I'm going to back out Yeo, Cleary and Luai. And I think that it's going to be 24 New South Wales, 20 Queensland. Oh, nice. Wales. Okay. I'm going to go... What's what's the weather? What's the weather like tomorrow? Um clear. Okay, yeah, that helps it then. Um I reckon the wind might affect goal kicking. Um, plus I don't think yeah. Nathan's been that good with his goal kicking this year compared no. to how he normally is. I'm gonna yeah. say New South Wales 
16, Queensland 14. Love um, it. Very good. I want it to be a nice much better score than that, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. We'll Isaiah Yo to score a try. Oh. Isaiah Yo to be the man of the match. Okay. Yep. Oh, should we do a man of the series tip each? Yeah. Man of the series. You can go first. I need to think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I really want to go Isaiah Yo. Um, yeah, I could easily go Isaiah yeah. just in the form that he's in at the moment. I've got a feeling that if the Blues win, uh, James Tedesco will win it. Yeah, no. I, don't, I mean, I don't want him to, and I don't think Boring. he'll deserve it. That's just no. who I think they'll pick. Yeah. I mean, they gave it he to Blues last year. played two games. So. That's right. That's so uh, true, yeah. Trevojevic won it last year when it probably should have been Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Latrell was very good. I know I had money on Latrell too. I was very upset by that. Um. I'm still sticking with Isaiah. I'm, I'm sticking with Isaiah. Nice. I, mean, Queensland right. win. I rate it. Queensland win, I reckon it's going money. Munster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice. Into your way with the premiership. Okay, Nat. So in Panther news, we had a couple of more re-signings. Uh, Sunia Taruva and Lindsay Smith were both re-signed to new deals this week. Um, Smith himself is someone who I saw definitely re-signing. Um, he's had a couple of yeah. cracks at first grade. Hasn't got too many minutes yet, but, you know, uh, takes front rowers a little bit. Uh, Taruva yeah. is one I'm actually surprised but delighted about. Pleasantly surprised for sure. We kind of thought he was gone. <laughs> yeah. I He's been constantly linked uh, to the Dolphins um, because... Yeah. I mean, I've got a feeling they just like to link anyone to the Dolphins. Um, yeah. Because he's a fantastic outside back. He can play anywhere from one to five. Cool. And yeah. um, it's just hard for him to get a, a gig in this Penrith team as we've been able to see. Um, yeah. But he's on, a, he's on a development player deal at the moment, but he'll be in the top 30 next year. Yeah. Um, yeah which it's interesting, very good news. Um, but it also follows speculation about the future of Charlie Staines. Mm. Um, yeah, it looks like he's been told, um, please do your best, I guess. If you need to leave, you can leave. Um, I really hope he finds somewhere. I feel sorry for Charlie. And the reason I feel sorry for him is because you can really tell he went back in the off-season and he worked on the things that saw him get dropped last year and I just think it sucks when like you do all you can and he genuinely improved and he wasn't bad at all but they're just a people better than you at the club so he did everything he could and he's been almost punished for it or not rewarded for it um and that's that's not fun to see um so I I think he'd be worthy at a number of NRL clubs so I would like to see him I would I would like to see him go somewhere where he's utilized yeah, well, it's he's been dropped this year under very different circumstances, you'd say, to last, to last. year. Because yeah, last year it was sure. it, he just was struggling to keep up as an NRL yeah. winger. And this year we've seen him, you know, we saw glimpses of him at fullback in that first trial game where he looked fantastic. Um, yeah. Then the second one where he struggled, but the whole team did. Um, mm -hmm. And then he started off the year on the wing and he wasn't playing badly at all. He was actually playing very, very well. But yeah. once Talon got a run in the team, like he's been fantastic be and he's shown that he's yeah. an actual winger. Yeah. And it's just sometimes things like that happen when you're at a team that's doing well is that you yeah. struggle to find a spot in the team because like there's just players that are ahead of you in the pecking order. Yeah. Um, I think even a couple of years ago, Staines would be a walk-in to this team. Totally would, yeah. yeah. And that's why we got so excited. I mean, obviously he exploded onto the scene. He scored all those tries in the first couple of games. And someone pointed out on Twitter that maybe that was to his detriment, um, that he kind of scored, what, six tries in two games. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy's insane. He's going to do it every game. And naturally he didn't do it every game because that's not normal or expected. Yeah. And it's kind of made him look worse. Um, so whereas maybe if he eased into it a little bit more, it would have been, you know, and I think as well what didn't help him is was that 
the view was that largely we got rid of Mansour for him, um, which again wasn't didn't look great when he didn't play fantastically the next year. Um, so I feel bad for him. I really do. I think um, I, I really want him to go find somewhere where he can actually really succeed. Um, and, and I think he will. I think he will. Yeah, I think there are a number of clubs who are, I'd say, struggling to really cement down someone to play fullback or even, you know, yeah, exactly. wing. and I think yeah. you can get a run at a number of those clubs. Um, yeah. And then perhaps, you know, once again, earn himself a move to a club that's higher up the ladder because yeah. he had such big raps on him coming through as a fullback. Yeah. And I actually thought for a period there that it was a matter of time before him and Dylan swap and Dylan ends up yeah. as a winger. But then it's also the you know, resurgence of Dylan Edwards's form yeah. that has really held him out. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it is best for him to move at this stage. Um, but I just hope he gets the right move where he's able to flourish in a team. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. And you know, sometimes it takes these guys a while. Like it took Nick Meany years to really cement himself as a first grader mm-hmm. um you know he was at newcastle behind ponga and then he was at the bulldogs where like they just struggled and as a consequence he struggled to really cement himself down and he was stuck behind you know Corey allen and dallin with lesniak and stuff but yeah. in the end he just showed his quality by sticking it out and now he's at melbourne yeah um and you know I wouldn't be too surprised to see something like that happen with Staines. Um, and maybe yeah. a team like the Bulldogs is the key for him. He has that relationship with Matt Burton. Um, I think it really, it'll depend on who ends up being the coach there, um, mm-hmm. which kind of, it kind of follows onto the, there's a bit of a merry-go-round going at the moment in the NRL with coaches. Yeah. Um, isn't there always <laughs> yeah it's just that this year's one has officially started now i'd say um you're losing oh it definitely has yeah, yeah. one day yeah. yeah totally um, yeah which leads us to you know cameron serraldo um yeah he's got to be one of the assistants that's sort of being lined up by these clubs um yeah. i'm really not sure if either of any of them are the right job for him to be taking as a first job um because with these highly touted assistants you see people like Maguire held out until like I mean he went to um the UK for opportunities and then got the South's job same as Robinson with France and then the Roosters and then Mm -hmm. people like Adam O'Brien and Andrew Demetrio really held out until they got the right job kind of thing yeah and then you see people like Trent Barrett um, or, you know, Stephen Carney at first, where they just sort of jumped at the first thing that was ready for them. Yeah. Um, and I think Seraldo is very aware of that. Yes. And, I mean, there was talk a couple of weeks ago that he was about to re-sign with Penrith anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And so I don't think Penrith would step in his way if he got... A first grade gig. There's I probably always, a, I think we've always said that as well. Yeah. There's probably a clause in there anyway. Um, yeah, and you, you can't do that to someone. You can't hold. It's like you can't hold people to play reserve grade. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just no. Um, but at the same time, I don't want he his legacy to be tarnished by going to a club. You know what I mean? And I think with each of the clubs that have sacked coaches, when you look at both the Tigers and you look at the Warriors and you look at the Bulldogs, the problem was not wholly the coach. The problem may not have even 50% been the coach, you know? And that's what I think is frustrating when you see this merry-go-round of coaches. It's like nothing's changing. And do you think it's just because you're hiring cheap coaches or do you think it's because there's work, there's more issues at the club than what you're willing to let on? You know, a lot of the time it's a top-down approach where the board needs to be looked at. I think the Tigers is a really big example of that. That board needs to sack themselves and they won't do it. They should have fallen on their sword years ago, but they haven't. Um, and they'll just keep on signing. Like it's like, she, it's like lambs to the slaughter at the moment, these poor coaches. I feel sorry for them. 
Um, I don't feel sorry for Nathan Brown, he's a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, in terms of Madge, I genuinely feel sorry for Madge. I really do. Um, and I don't think, like, I feel sorry for Brett Kamoy, who's going to be the interim coach. I think it's a great opportunity for him, and I'm really excited for him. But there are, like, there's issues at that club that are so much deeper than just a coach. Um, and yeah, they're just going to find it out, find that out over and over. A fish rocks. And I don't, I don't want Seraldo. I don't want Seraldo to like Seraldo to walk into a role like that. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, like a fish rots from the head, and you can definitely see that yeah. with the Tigers yeah. as an example. Um, and then somewhere like the Bulldogs, there's just constant drama, no matter who is yeah. involved with the Bulldogs. And I think you've got to be yeah. a very particular type of person to be able mm-hmm. to handle the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. And I think. I, like I think the Bulldogs always either work out great or horribly mm-hmm. just because they yeah. are the most, they are the most typical rugby league club you could ever like find the way that there's yeah. always drama and infighting and stuff mm-hmm. going on. Um, yeah. And then the Warriors, like they're just in such a poor situation due to so much other stuff mm-hmm. that's going on around the world. And then they have yet, yeah, coaches and players that are just treating them like crap using this awful so bad using this awful circumstance that they're in as an excuse to help their career for a year and it's pathetic i'm really really annoyed at all of these players like and coaches you know nathan brown matt lodge you and aitken maybe reese walsh Mm. we're not sure what's going on there the way that they, I reckon Reese is all right. I reckon he'll stick around. I've um, got a feeling he'll go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he'll go there. I think he'll go there. But um, he looks. He's shown Reese Walsh so far has shown. I know he had that little oopsie early late last year, but I do think he's shown really good accountability, like maturity beyond his ears in terms of how you treat um, your employer and what you do when you stuff up. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think they announced pretty much straight after all that speculation they said no he's stuck like i'm staying he said that and i don't think he'd say that unless you were serious about it um but i just think it's disgusting that you would sign with a club in a pandemic taking advantage of the circumstances that they are struggling with and then knowing full well you did not intend to go back to new zealand whenever that may be does that mean that they were finding joy in them not being that able to go back to New Zealand because it prolonged their time there? Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. everyone else would have been so sad and like hoping to God that they don't, that they can go back to New Zealand with their families. Are they secretly thinking, I hope it's not this week because I don't want to go. Like what sort of people do that? It's rubbish. You don't sign a contract. Like this is not a little clause in the contract that you may not have read. Like you're playing for the New Zealand Warriors. You're coaching the New Zealand Warriors live there it's not a huge sacrifice it's new zealand it's fine it's a lovely place like live there you're being paid a lot of money to live there these poor people have sacrificed two and a half years away from their families if you have six months or a year running on your contract go back there you get to spend half the time in australia anyway because you're traveling all the time yeah like it's uh, do they not remember the pictures of the warriors players and staff when they had to move over to australia at the beginning of exactly And the way that they've sacrificed, how can they look their teammates and, you know, all the support staff in the eyes and be like that? And it's no wonder, like, I I was out last Saturday, so I didn't really see too much of the game, but it was on on someone's phone and I kept looking over my shoulder at it. And they were pathetic on the weekend. And when your coach is being like that, that it really shows why, you know? It just and, made so much sense when yeah. I found that out. Like, how embarrassing. Yeah. How embarrassing. And, like, someone like, I would actually back Seraldo to do well there as long as he's fully committed. Yep. And I think that will be, yeah. you know, any coach that goes there, if they're fully committed, I think Michael Maguire would be the same, especially since he's already the coach of the New Zealand Yeah, totally. I, I think, entirely agree. Yeah, yep. I think it would help out massively. Um, and yeah. so that's the only job realistically I could see him taking and it might, it, you know, cause he might get some guidance from Ivan as well anyway, because Ivan and the Warriors have a great relationship. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I don't 
think it'd be wise for him to take any of the other jobs that are going. Um, he might have no, to hold out I to agree. see what happens with like the dragons or the knights or the titans. Um, yeah, I think they'd all be better options. Um, they would be for sure. Yeah, but if not, it's probably yeah just the best thing for him to stay at Penrith. Yep, I think so. And you like, I mean, you look at people who've left; they're not exactly living their best lives. Do you know what I mean? Like, you look at yeah. obviously it's players, but it's not a fun time at the moment for your Birdos and your Momorovskis and, yeah. and things like that. And I mean, this is really done, but someone pointed out, I think, I don't know if you commented or not, I think you did for some reason. Someone's like, if you look at the comparison of like when Momorovsky posts photos when he's at the Roosters. To oh, I saw that, yeah. When he posted at Penrith, every 100 comments straight after being like, all the boys getting around him, like every time without fail support, you know, energy. Roosters is nothing. And like, sounds really dumb to like base things on Instagram comments but I do think it's a really happy atmosphere and it has been for almost three years and it would take a lot to, to break someone away from that and I'm sure he's on good coin too yeah exactly um and maybe that is why someone like Taruva did stay yeah um because it would have been easy for him to just you know go and be the Bulldogs fullback or something like that oh of course he would yeah um, totally totally because yeah. he's good enough to do it just as it is with Charlie yep. Staines, but he's just got to pick the yep. right move. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And um, that's why you're going to find, yeah, if I'm him, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to any of those clubs. Yeah, no, no. Okay, so last Friday, the Penrith Panthers versus the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, um, a heavily depleted Penrith Panthers team was at six players out. Uh, and we still got the Chockeys. Mm. Uh, what was the score? 30 to 18. We did. Um, fairly comprehensive. A lot better than the yeah, results around this time under, of the year yeah, we it saw was. last year. Yeah. What did you make of it? <laughs> Losing to the Tigers and the Sharks. Oh, yeah. it was so good. I was so proud of them. You, like, they didn't miss a beat. Like, especially the first half, it was, what, 22 nil. Um, it was just such a fun game to watch. Obviously, they came back a little bit and I was like, not ideal, but I mean, oh, sorry. Can you hear me? My AirPods are... Oh, yeah, good? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, they came back a little bit, but I just think that was just, we knew we were going to win that game. We, as soon as we got some possession back, we were scoring down the other end. I think we had like 10% less possession than the Bulldogs did, and we still won by that amount. So, like, so proud. Um, we're not doing three, two, ones because it's behind closed doors, obviously, but two players that I think need to mention just for being phenomenal were Dylan Edwards and um, Kukel. Yeah. Um, they both and fish actually. Let's watch. Let's put fish in there. The three of them, um, all three of those players rose so well on the weekend. Like they, their performance didn't remotely change with all those players out, and they led and they did such a good job um, that we really didn't miss a beat at all. It was just like we're watching the same old Penrith that we're so blessed to watch every week. Viliami Kikau on form is the best back row. Oh my god. He is. He yeah. is. Like, I wonder if the Bulldogs fans watched that and finally were appreciative that they were getting him. Yeah. Like, he was insane. If you, like, even if you just find a way of looking at clips of the carries that he took in that game, it is amazing. Yeah. And this is the kind of game that the old Viliami used to disappear in, um, where he yeah. would wait for players around him to create everything for him and then he would. You know, yep. he needed um, momentum, really. Um, yeah. Whereas now he's creating momentum and it's he amazing. He is. He's enforcing. Yeah. Um, it's so good. I'm so sad we're losing him. <laughs> I'm so sad. Like, oh, and it feels like Penrith's a really important part of his life as well. Like all the behind the scenes stuff you see, it just really feels sad that he had to yeah. go. So he needs to look after his family. He will lead with at least one ring. Um, I do think that once you've won a premiership, um, then I really appreciate the players start thinking, what's my best money move? Because you've done what you need to do. Um, yeah. And if that meant going to the Bulldogs, so be it. But it is just really sad that we'll see him not in a Penrith jersey next year. Yeah. And like, I don't think winning a premiership automatically qualifies you as a club legend. But I would say Billy Army Kickout is. 
Oh, he is. He is. Yeah. He is um, just a freak. There's not really anyone like him. And that's what I love about him. He's like this agile front rower who, back rower, who is able to, you know, behave like a back. He can jump. He can like, you know, he's just, he is such an effort player this year as well, which yeah. is just, as you said, last year he would wait for it to come to him. But this year he's making things happen. He's cut out his errors. Um, I'm really, really proud of kicks at the moment. Yeah, and I think it really helps the 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 confidence that the club seems to be showing in him to still give him those starts, even though he's leaving. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I actually think he ended up playing worse last year when he was coming off the bench because I felt like he was trying too hard to get into the game. Yeah, I agree. Whereas now he can sort of get a feel for the game and, like, grow into it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that, that Bulldogs left edge next year when they have Kikau, Burton, God, who knows who's going to be the centre, and Ado Carr, mm. that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they'll score 24 points against us next year and still lose. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic to see the difference between us last year compared to this year. Um, Special yeah. mention to Kurt Falls on his debut was fantastic. Um, he was, yeah. The fact that he was at the club last year um, and didn't get used um, is really annoying because... You know who was standing in his way? Tyrone uh, May. <laughs> yeah. If I think if we had played with a halves partnership of Burton and Falls across Origin yeah. last year, we would have won both those games. Yeah, probably. Um, and it was very interesting to see the way that because Sean O'Sullivan wore the seven and played the Nathan style role, yeah. but Kurt Falls played on the right hand side and Dylan Edwards actually switched to the left and was basically yeah. playing like a five eight on the left. Yeah, and it was amazing to see. Um, yeah, because we've often talked about how he steps up without Nathan, but he stepped up in a very mm. different way. Yep, because um, he. He kind of plays like a bit of an extra forward through the middle when Nathan's not there just because they need someone with good hands in the middle. But he was, yeah, yeah he was able to just basically mirror his normal role on the other side of the field, which yep. is something that you don't actually see very often in rugby league now. It's something that's kind of yeah. gone out the window is players who can play both sides. Yeah. Um, and it was very nice, yeah, to see him firstly get another try that was almost identical to his Cowboys try. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, good pick to, up. <laughs> yeah, but then just to play a full game on the left and be fantastic. And yeah. it, it leaves me feeling very confident about how we're going to do throughout this origin period. And I wouldn't be worrying too much about, you know, resting uh, players for the Knights game this week. I wouldn't either. No. And, I mean, we've also got a longer turnaround anyway, so... That's all right. Yeah, I, I think, and I think they're going to want to play. So yeah. let them play, in my view. Like, you know what I mean? Um, if, they want, if they feel comfortable playing and, and there's no niggles, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't. Yeah. And when you look at the fact that um, also just for our, our squad depth going into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan is apparently leaving. Still hasn't been confirmed, but I mean, he'll be. Yeah, they really. Um, yeah. But Kurt Falls, fantastic backup. Um, and we haven't seen him play with Nathan yet, but we know that they have a bit of natural chemistry with the way they play. Because they play <laughs> they do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a great thing about Penrith right now is that they've just, they all support each other. They've all played together. So it's like next man in, well, he's not a stranger to, to these players. And it's just a lot easier for those debutants um, when they've got the players they've played around for so long around them. Yeah. And then when you've got, when you have the advantage of being able to, throw in, you know, Charlie Staines and Robert Jennings into the team as well, and Chris Smith. Yeah. They're all... Yeah. He was know. good. I liked Chris Smith. I thought he played really well. Oh, my... So, before the game... He gave me, like, hotspot vibes, like, well, in the way he was playing. Well, before the game, Victoria and I were looking on uh, sports bet because Victoria wanted to do mm-hmm. a first try score a bet. Mm-hmm. And she goes, who do you think? And I saw Chris Smith was at $26. And I said to her, Chris Smith's a bit of a smoky. And yeah. she goes, oh, nah, nah, nah. And she went with Isaac Tago instead. Um, oh. And who scored first? Chris? She let everyone down. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. 
that's god i hate that there's yeah. nothing worse than when you think a bit and you don't do it like yeah. oh yeah. it really drives me insane um so yeah i was very happy with the way he played mm. um he could have made a paramedic fan very happy if uh if she listened to me um i think she heard I always listen to jack <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> um but yeah no overall it was very very nice to see um someone like like the fact that we were able to keep our bench pretty much the same mm. um mm-hmm. exactly the same actually wasn't it and they all came on and still played their roles just shows that it the bench like isn't it doesn't necessarily mean that they're just the next guys down in the pecking order it just yeah. means that they're the best options to come on and play those roles um yep. and because the fact that yeah all the all the forwards that came in came in and started yeah um and just i want to appreciate yeah scott Sorensen for a moment the work that mm. he does off the bench yeah. for our team when you consider the fact that nobody else on our bench plays big minutes yeah um spencer doesn't really have the engine for it um yeah uh, i mean eisenhut's on the bench instead of him this week anyway um mitch kenny, that's yeah, yeah yeah mitch kenny isn't really required to play many minutes neither's jamin okay. salmon um i know salmon scored on the weekend but i'm not really sure why he's in our team um yeah i don't get it yeah i think <laughs> he's I really think, not accurate <laughs> I, I think they they've just picked a bench that covers every single position on the field and it seems to be working yes. yeah um, if it's but, not broke don't fix it but i think scott Sorensen is the key to that bench because yeah. he comes on and play, he can play anywhere. He played a bit of hooker coming through as a junior. And I remember yeah. he scored a try from dummy half against Melbourne last year. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was normally a back rower at Cronulla, but he comes on and plays yeah. both back row and front row. Um, he could probably play center at a pinch. Yep. And he could play lock as well. Um, just not to the same level as Isaiah. And it's yeah, it's so nice just to see him playing so well because I I'll be honest, I wasn't too sure that he was a necessary signing when we picked him up. And he, yeah, didn't, I didn't, even he was. The, he didn't come into the team until about eight weeks into the season. But yeah. I think if he is missing for any game, it is a big deal. And it probably forces us to reshuffle our entire bench. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we love you, Hot Scott. He is the best. Another yeah. player we've taken and, and he's become really worth his salt um, when he was a relative journeyman when he came, with, came to us. So very, very happy with his performance at the moment. Yes. Um, please stay with us. <laughs> Don't leave. Yeah. Because um, I have to leave relatively soon. Do we want to uh, leave the fullback list for next week? Yeah, maybe Sweet. as well. Sweet. Okay. Cut this to you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay, this coming Sunday up at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle, it is the Newcastle Knights versus the Penrith Panthers. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this one, Matt? Um, it's crazy to me thinking back that the first time I beat the Knights, it was this like top of the table clash. It was like super exciting. I was going to lose. <laughs> and now it's like, this will be a nice one to watch on my phone if I'm out and about. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not too stressed about it. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm in a way. I'm like keen to see what the team list looks like. I'm keen to see who backs up, who doesn't. Um, but if there are, if there are players that don't back up, I'm keen to see how their replacements do again. I'm really interested in seeing how that depth is evolving. Um, so looking forward to that. Otherwise, look. I think we're in for. A, I think we'll win this game. Um, and I, I hope we keep the, the same intensity we have been for the past couple of weeks, even though it's a relatively easier game. Yeah, well, barring injury, I'm kind of expecting mm. both teams to be 1-17. to 17. Um, Well, who have they got? They've got uh, Ponga, Gagai and, and Ponga. Gagai, I forgot Origin Gagai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> Origin Gagai is the best kind of Gagai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, he will not be playing like that this Sunday. Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think, yeah, barring any injury, it'll be the same because it's a fairly long turnaround. It's, what, five days or something? Um, yes, yeah. It's just like kind of playing a 
like a Sunday than a, than a Friday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting. That yeah, we kind of alluded to a couple moments ago that Spencer Lenu is in the reserves list while Matt Eisenhuth is on the bench. Now, mm. I just I think that that is something where whenever things like that happen, because we've seen it happen a couple times. I worry a bit about Spencer's future at the club because I want to keep yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. Um, Me too. But at the same time, right now, I kind of think Eisenhut's playing a bit better, but they play yeah. very different roles anyway. Mm-hmm. I just found it really strange. I Have we found out, did anything happen to Spencer last week? Because he played, I think, 13 minutes and didn't have a single run. No, did, I don't think he, anything happened. He just had a moment. Yeah, like did he did he come out there when we were just defending a lot and then maybe get hurt? I because, think he got hurt. I haven't seen. Yeah, because they that I I haven't seen any injury reports about him. Yeah. Um it's just very interesting because if he's simply being dropped because of that, then I understand. That's dumb. Uh, uh, like, like I understand if he didn't run like take any runs. Yeah. But like I just hope it's not a, a permanent switch. Because I think in general we're a better team with Spencer in the team. Um, Definitely, he like he's at least scores tries fairly yeah. often, and he like oh, he's, he's a good defender, and he's just got a lot of enthusiasm. I saw a stat: he, out of any player to come off the bench this year, he has the most yeah. tries and the most line breaks. There you go. Um, which there are some pretty handy players coming off the benches for teams. You know, like yeah. there's Ryan Madison at Parramatta, for example. Um, yeah, exactly. Pretty, pretty damn good players. We were talking about it earlier. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, what's happening there? I don't think we're ever going to find out exactly what is going on, um, mm. unless Spencer magically moves to Melbourne, um, which I really hope that doesn't happen. I think he yeah, needs he to will stay like thrive at, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, he will thrive at Melbourne. It will be our like we will kick ourselves if he goes to Melbourne and yeah. like hammers us when we play them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one that I keep. I just keep changing my mind on where I'm like, they're both good players, but yeah, on a in in terms of long term, I'd rather let you be in there. Um, all day, Ben Eisenhut's been playing very well as well. I'm like, I I don't understand. I, I I wish we could pick 18 players to play every week. Same. Um, because <laughs> yeah. I, you, I've been, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd have both Eisenhuth and Lenny on the bench and Salmon not playing. I agree. I entirely agree. I don't really think Salmon offers, offers you know, too much. No. Um, um, I thought the Parramatta yeah. game was going to be his last ever game for us, to be honest, because I thought he was quite poor yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, played about 10 minutes, gave away a penalty try. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not a good start. No, no. Um he, he still bleeds blue and gold, clearly. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was happy for him that he got a try on the weekend, though. Um, Me too. We almost two in the end. Yeah, the second one was pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he always got there. And he is a good player, but I just don't think he's a bench option. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that'll be interesting. Uh, I, think, I think we win still um, either way, even if we pick the... The backup squad again. I think we get the win. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to to this. But it's it's like you said earlier, it's a very different game to the one we saw earlier in the year. Very very different. It's quite insane. I mean, I know it's only um, it was only three games in, but it really it really did look like the Knights were onto something. And we were praying for a miracle going into that game because of the amount of outs that we had. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but then Barnett, Barnett got sent off, and it was like mm, this will be easy from here. Yeah, and they probably should have won that game, to be honest. Probably, yep. You could have um, had two L's. How embarrassing! Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, that that couldn't be us. No. Um, no, can never be us. <laughs> no, we're we're not we're not losers like the Storm or the Cowboys or the no. no or the Eels. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that it'll be, yeah, it'll be a very, very interesting game, especially because like if if we run out there with a very different team and we beat them, mm. 
does yeah. that is is that the Knights then call time on Adam O'Brien? Oh, I'm so sick of the. <laughs> I can, uh, does yeah, if, so if Kalen Ponga goes out there, if Kalen Ponga loses yeah. tomorrow and then goes out there and stinks it up on Sunday, does that then open That's the door? That's a Kalen Ponga off? problem. Yeah, like oh, I just the entitlement of some of these players. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Our boys could never. I know, right? Yeah, uh, they're all angels except the one that we sent away to friends. He, no, we don't yeah. speak of him. Um, <laughs> oh, if if anybody is interested, try and check out some of Taylor May's music. Um, I have not listened to it yet. No, I will not listen to it. <laughs> oh, my um, God, the Instagram story. Should I drop some music? Should I yeah. drop some tracks? Um, <laughs> Taylor, if you want to come onto the show and do a live performance, um, <laughs> we, we won't have you on. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was a bit of a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Bless him. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Big Cat Chat podcast on the Sports Best Friends Network. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the big catch hat podcast um it's been lovely to have you um it's been a a bit of an interesting episode a lot of origin talk but you know that's what happens this time of year i'm very excited two big games in a week coming up for us um yeah thank you very much for listening thanks nat for coming on pleasure all right we'll talk to you guys later bye guys Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.